Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we're going to do things differently. We have a surprise episode we think you're going to love. We teamed up with a few other business coaches that offer amazing services and programs to support dietitians and healthcare providers in running and growing their businesses. We answer your top questions about turning side hustles into full-time jobs, what it's like to be a business coach and provide biz-to-biz services, and our journeys to get to where we are. Let's dive into our panel discussion. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this amazing podcast collaboration. We are so excited to be hosting this show together. I'm Jennifer McGurk. I'm the CEO of Pursuing Private Practice. My company supports non-diet dietitians building a business at any stage of business. And I am kicking off the introductions for our amazing business coaches here on this podcast collaboration. Christine, you're up. Well, thank you for having me here today. I am Christine Thompson. I am the CEO and founder of the Manipura Center and the host of the Make More Money as a Dietitian podcast. And we do a blend of work (laughs) with our dietitian clients. We do a little bit of woo and science to help dietitians who are in private practice, building nutrition businesses, overcome their money mindset issues and make more money as a dietitian. Adrian. Hey, y'all. I am Adrian Paxosa, and I am with Fearless Practitioners, and the newly rebranded Nourish is our group private practice. And I help practitioners become the bomb.com at being a provider and help them grow their businesses and also being an amazing provider. Awesome. Katie. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here with everyone today. I am the host of the Dietitian Side Hustle podcast and run the Geriatric Dietitian blog. I help dietitians start or perfect the side hustle of their dreams and really zone in on helping dietitians to do blogging and make passive income through blogging. Stephanie. Hey, I'm so glad to be here as well. So I'm the CEO and founder of The Leverage Practice, and we help health practitioners and practice owners to incorporate online education and e-learning into their practice so that they can grow and reduce hours, reduce that time at work, and increase revenue. Hannah. Hey, everyone. This is Hannah Turnbull. I am a group practice owner at Nourished Colorado, and I also run Values Driven Group, which is my business coaching and insurance consulting business. And I also co-host the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast, where we talk about all things business from the lens of clinicians who need support. And last but not least, your amazing co-host, Morgan. Hey, everyone. I'm Morgan Sinclair. I am the founder of Morgan Sinclair Designs, as well as the Weight Inclusive Business Academy, where I provide design and strategy services, primarily branding, marketing, and web design for weight-inclusive business owners 
And then I'm also the second half of the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. I love it. Thank you all so much for being here. So on behalf of all of us, we are so excited to record this podcast for everyone. The goal of this podcast is to give you a glimpse of how we work with dietitians, healthcare professionals as business coaches. Because I feel like there's so many things that we can talk about as business coaches. I really want this podcast episode to go over lots of different topics in the coaching world. And I'm just so honored that all of us are here working with our amazing clients and really spreading the message of business coaching. So we all serve clients in different ways. We each have programs and services that are perfect for our ideal client, not so perfect for other people. And I wanted to really talk about that in a way that makes it inclusive and a way that kind of shows everyone that there's a ton of abundance out there for all of us. And I want us to go through our programs and maybe how we serve people. And we'll talk about that as a group. Sounds good to me. I guess I will start. And um, at the Manapura Center, we work with primarily registered dietitians who are seeking um, private practice or maybe already in private practice, but are feeling like something is missing. I have found over the time that I've been working with my clients that the best clients that get the best results are those who have an open mind. They have an open mind and are not very attached to a very specific outcome or a very specific timeline in which the goal is supposed to uh, come to fruition. On the flip side of that, when I've noticed that when I have worked with clients who are very committed to a specific outcome or very committed to their goal happening in six months or 12 months, it causes a lot of friction in not only our work together, but just in their level of confidence and in their ability to be able to be a really strong business owner because we're already dietitians and the work really needs to be done on becoming a really strong business owner. Uh, so thanks, Christine. I love that. I was like, hmm, yeah, I want people that aren't open-minded. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I love how I'm so different than you. Um, so for me, I really love clients that are ready to jump into group practice. If you are done with the solopreneur and you're ready, like, I need more. I need the next big challenge. Those are my hot people. Um, and I really, truly believe in insurance. Um, and I, uh, for all of those that do packages, it's magical and it's wonderful. I don't get it. And so <laughs> I love to really work on the insurance piece and really also have that advocacy for registered dietitians to create better access to registered dietitians. And so that's kind of where if you're wanting to grow group practice, build better access, those are my jams. Awesome. And so for me, for Katie, I think um, that my brand, The Dietitian Side Hustle, is so broad because it's really for any dietitian who wants to do something outside of a traditional job, or maybe if they're an entrepreneur, they want to maybe add an additional income stream. So a lot of what I do is actually connect and refer dietitians to other programs, other services, other dietitians like those on this podcast, because we all help people in such unique and different ways. 
Now, the area where I really zone in and help dietitians I mentioned is in blogging. So really working with those typically more introverted dietitians who do not want to work with humans. Some of them do. They want to have a combination, but they just find a lot of joy in you know working off scenes, working on their blog, <laughs> building up lots of traffic and making money through multiple streams of passive income. So I have a program called Blogging Accelerator Program where I help dietitians do that. And then I have a mastermind where I help dietitians to really level up their online business, dietitians who have businesses based in blogging. So that is what I do and how I serve my clients. Amazing. So I'm Stephanie Claremont from The Leverage Practice. And I have three kids who are seven and under, one, three, one and a half, three and a half, and seven, just turned seven. And one of the things that I learned early in my practice is that I only wanted to see clients a couple days a week but I wanted to make more than $30,000 a year. So I got into online learning and workshops and education and memberships in 2013 as a dietitian. And since then, I've been running the leverage practice and helping colleagues and peers. So we work with dietitians as well as therapists and psychologists, physicians, naturopathic doctors, physiotherapy, registered nurses, all the health providers to help them stop repeating themselves. So our program, the Leverage Practice Program, is really about learning about e-learning, online education, and taking all these things that we repeat ourselves every day as practitioners and hybrid or multiple together, like move it all together, shift it together so that you're using online education along with either one-to-one or small group programs. Um, We teach three different models from hybrid, including one-to-one to small group and larger group. So I'm really intensely passionate. You have to make me shut up about online learning because it's so much more than like a DIY course on the internet or you know a book or something like that. So we really help people to find more time in their schedules, make more money by doing this. And so our program is a coaching program that brings in accountability, support, a lot of high-level support, one-to-one feedback to help them create this product and then market and sell it. Um, And we've been doing it for more than five years. I am just sitting here, Hannah here, (laughs) in awe of all the bosses I'm surrounded by right now. Like, holy shit, this is such a cool group of people, my people who are just like doing the business thing. I just think that's so awesome. So I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And my biggest offering right now to people in business is Values Driven Group, which is my kind of catch-all consultant business where I'm working with group practice owners who want to accept insurance, are treating eating disorders and practicing from weight-inclusive lens, and who really want to create something valuable in their community. So I know there's a lot of talk in the business space and I, I know everyone here would roll their eyes at like, make $10,000 in one day by doing X, Y, Z like I did. And we all know that is just complete BS. And so I'm really about helping people make decisions in their business from a values-driven place. So I do individual co- consulting one-on-one with biz, with private practices who want to grow into a group. I also work with therapy group practices who want to build out a nutrition sector and treat eating disorders because we know there's such a complement there of therapists and dietitians working together. And then I also do consulting for people who want to start taking insurance, whether it's a solo clinician who really is just passionate about having people come to the practice who maybe couldn't otherwise afford to, or a group practice who wants to expand their revenue and get the amount of clients they need to make the money that they want. So... A lot of different moving pieces there, but everything that I do is driven from values, which feels really good in business. 
We also have the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast where Morgan and I come together to discuss all things business around supporting clinicians who work in the eating disorder and intuitive eating space. So a little bit of everything over here. Yeah, that was one of the things that brought Hannah and I together is just being that multi-passion entrepreneurs and absolutely love co-running Weight Inclusive Innovators with her. In Morgan Sinclair Designs, I tend to work more with clinicians that are three plus years in full-time entrepreneurship. Really anyone in the weight inclusive business space, it's primarily dietitians and therapists, but really anyone who DIY their brand, their website, and they're just wanting to level up. So I provide uh, branding and web design packages. And then usually that turns into doing some marketing coaching once they have that really solid brand foundation. I'm also building out the Weight Inclusive Business Academy. And this was just a need that I saw from all different stages of entrepreneurship, just because as people who get their degree in nutrition and psychology, we have maybe one business class in undergrad that nothing really transfers over to running a weight inclusive business. And so it is going to be short little snippets, 15 minutes of education paired with 15 minutes of action items. So you can start moving the needle and build your business on your lunch break. Morgan, I love that so much. Build your business on your lunch break. (laughs) Which is is funny because as eating disorder clinicians, we probably don't actually have a lunch break, but it captured it pretty well. So we're going with it. I love this. I also echo what Hannah said. It's just so awesome to be in this room right now with so many amazing entrepreneurs. So, And I love that we have such different offers. Like here at Pursuing Private Practice, we work with non-diet dietitians that really want to build a business at any stage. So we focus on people that are start, starting, growing, scaling. And we also added a new stage of business last year called coasting because there are so many people that want to actually honor boundaries, take a break, stop the hustle culture stuff in their business and really just coast. But it's so hard to do so in the business world. So we cater to a lot of people in those stages of business at Pursuing Private Practice. But I just want to say, I mean, here we are in a room together And we probably get so many people reaching out to us all the time, like, hey, can you help me? This is what's going on with my situation. You know, I don't necessarily do a ton of one on one anymore. I have my one on one in my program, Dietitian Business School, but I need more people to send to one on one support. I need more people that know. I mean, insurance is an exact example. Like, I need more people that know about insurance to send them to. So I'm just so happy that we can all sit here in the room together and support one another to say, if my program's not right for you, I have an amazing match. Here's someone that might be a good fit. You know, or here's... And I never ever refer just one person. I always say, here are a couple people that could be a good fit because I don't want to make the decision for somebody. So that's just so awesome. Yeah, I agree. And like Adrian does group practice and I don't touch that. I know nothing about it. I don't I don't help people grow with that. So I always love pointing to her because I help people mm-hmm. grow in a different way with a different product portfolio. So it's nice to have those resources. And I think what you're saying is it allows people to see what we're doing and demonstrating as leaders in the industry that you can do this too. Like it's okay to not just compare yourself and worry that there's so much competition out there, but instead to find your groove and be able to pass clients back and forth. I think it's such an important like business lesson, you know? Yeah. And to take the people that are really, truly your ideal client and to not take someone that is not an ideal client for you because no one's going to have a great experience, including you, (laughs) you know? I'm with Stephanie here in... It feels so good to know what your role is in the biz-to-biz offerings and know what you are really good at 
and then to have options to send people to where you truly care about what they want and what they need to support their business. And you're like, oh, I know the perfect couple options here. And then the Mm -hmm. autonomy for them to choose from that, I think is awesome. Exactly. Let's get into our business stories a little bit. How did you grow your business to where it is today? We're going to start with Adrian. Oh, goodness. Um, after 15 years of, of, of owning a practice, you learn a lot and you learn, man, if I would have done this 15 years ago, where would I be? Um, I, I kind of wanted to like make it simple because I think there's so many things that you're going to hear from all of us. And I think the mm-hmm. three main things that really helped me grow was tracking. Um, mm. Know your numbers, know your numbers, know your numbers. Set your KPIs. If you don't know what that is, Google. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those, as a business owner, you gotta, this isn't a hobby. This is where you're going to start to have a livelihood. And I know Katie's uh, people might be a little bit different, but for those that are going into having this as your business, you've got to know your numbers. The other thing that helped me is hire higher, 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 higher support. You cannot, please don't do it all yourself. Um, I have messed up more sales funnels than anybody absolutely should. I have not done the things appropriately. Everything on my website was misspelled at one point. Like, So hire people to really help you look amazing. And then my last thing is find your own support. Um, as a boss, nobody will give you a high five. Nobody will give you a gold star. You like, sometimes I just gotta like give myself a selfie high five. I'm like, man, that was awesome. Um, and so having your own humans, um, and that's what really helped me is to have other entrepreneurs that were further along than I was and also in different industries. Awesome. So I'll take it next. This is Katie. So I've been a dietitian for 13 years and I actually had just one job out of school. I was working in home care for the VA. And about seven years ago, I started side hustling. I will say I started doing it mostly just for fun because I was doing freelance writing. I was doing webinars, but also to make money. I was having babies with unpaid maternity leave and trying to figure out how can I stay home with my kids longer. So actually it was kind of money that led me to side hustling, but then I stayed around just for the passion that I had for it. Now, I reached this point in my full-time job where I really tapped out in pay, tapped out in opportunity, and I found myself looking for more. Because I was in home care, I drove around in the car a lot. I got tired of listening to the radio, listening to every single station. So I discovered podcasts. I actually started listening to The Leverage Practice with Stephanie to make more money as a dietitian with Christine and started just leveling up my mind just while I was driving around in between patients. But I will say the game really changed for me when I discovered business coaches for myself. So when I got my own business coach, that's when the game completely changed. I learned how to really level up what I was doing, serve more people, make more impact. And I think just for me, that was um, what got me to where I am today. So I've actually been a full-time entrepreneur for only three months now. So I was able to leave my full-time job. I think I had a lot of identity in the brand dietitian side hustle. And I really thought I was always going to be a side hustler. I always thought I'm going to have a traditional job and do something on the side. But business coaching was the game changer for me that made me realize, well, no, I love being an entrepreneur more and I can do this. So... For me, it was being in a business mastermind with other healthcare professionals. Um, I'm in a mastermind with mostly physical therapists, one occupational therapist, and they were the ones who really encouraged me and inspired me to leave my job. I know actually it was in September of 2021 when this conversation happened, when they said, Katie, you need to leave your job. 
And I had to tell them all the reasons I could not possibly leave my full-time job. And what they did is they lovingly helped me to remove all of my limiting mindsets and or limiting beliefs and realize, wait a minute, I can't do this. Within three months, I left the VA. And now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur, like, whoo, highly recommend, definitely never going back. And um, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for investing in myself, working on my mindset and being around other people who also want to level up. Oh man, I agree with all of those things so far. I still want to leave everyone with a lesson from my journey. Um, a little different from Katie, I wanted to leave like immediately when I became a dietitian and got my my first job was okay, but my second job I was like creating my website. Like I was like, man, I am not doing the work I want to do. I am not making the impact or the change. Like I felt so chained to someone else's vision of the work that I could do. And so I started within like a year and a half of becoming a dietitian, my practice. And I loved working with people, but I had these bigger dreams of having a book and a show and like all these like amazing things. I studied public health and population health. So I wanted to make this big impact. And so the difference for me, and if we talk about growth is in that practice. When I was trying to make 100K, I was doing everything. So I had a practice a couple of days a week, three days a week, I saw patients. I was teaching cooking classes at the grocery store in the evening. I was doing contract work. I was working with food brands. I was doing spokesperson work. I was I did write a book. Like I was doing everything that I could possibly get my hands on and saying yes to everything to hit that 100K. And then I made 100K for like five years in a row and it started to make me angry. because <laughs> I was like, why am I stuck here? And it was because I was doing everything. And I needed to try everything and I needed to, to get out and do that. So it was for me when I completely niched, I don't love niche, but completely focused and specialized on... I also had like two businesses that offered all these things. One business, one product actually, one sales process and brought that. And that's what helped me grow to half a million dollars. Our company is now making over half a million dollars a year. But if I could share anything, it's if you find yourself in this place where you're doing a lot and it is overwhelming for you. Like I know we have a couple multi-passionate people here who will say something different, which is wonderful. But if you find yourself that and you really want to hit next level, like you want a half million or million dollar business, for me, it was really focusing in. And I know Adrian, she can share her financials another time. But I know that uh, for her, you and I have talked about hiring and tracking. And for me, that was a big part of it, but it was also focusing in. So it's not just focusing in, it's also the people are super important. And a lot of people, a lot of my uh, mentees, like a lot of my clients are scared to hire. Really, I bet you guys see that a lot. And that is a huge thing. Prove that thing that works. One thing, build it yourself and then start to bring other people in to expand. That is, that is growth. That's how we grow. As a multi-passionate entrepreneur, Stephanie, I still really stand by what you say too. And, you know, there's something to be said for doing that year after year, same thing, staying at that financial amount and knowing something has to shift. Like you wouldn't otherwise have that perspective if you hadn't gone through that. And I think for me, still being relatively new to the biz to biz offering space, I am in that. I think I'm kind of testing the waters and seeing all the things I want to do. And so I'm nodding my head of like, okay, I feel like I'm on a, a trajectory that you have been on for sure. But for me growing my business and where it is today, gosh, I still remember sitting in <laughs> class in the dietetics program being like, one, I don't fucking want to be a dietitian. And then two, also we had one lecture on 
private practice. And I was like, I could never do that. I'm not organized enough. Like that seems like a lot. I will obviously be going to working at a treatment center for eating disorders. And then fast forward to graduation, nobody would hire me. And I kept applying and applying. I really wanted to come to Denver. I'm from Missouri. And so I kept applying to all the treatment centers out here and and crickets. And I'm like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to do this myself then. And that's kind of how I got the push to go into my own practice. I saw people doing it all around me, being the the person that I wanted to be. And that was just so inspiring. And so I just kind of jumped in face first. It was super chaotic and by the seat of my pants. And it, it still is sometimes, but there's something to be said for having that experience too. So after you do the thing, I was in private practice for a couple of years. And then I hired my first employee just very chaotically and un, unstructured. And it worked out for a while. But from that point forward with hiring people, I knew I had to have more of a system. So speed it up today, have the group practice. It's awesome. We have people in leadership. And that's been something that has helped the business grow too, is I do not need to be doing everything. It is quite impossible and I will be spread too thin. And I just... Yeah, started delegating, started hiring. And then I was able to dabble in starting to help people do what I was doing, which through business coaching. And then I was like, shit, I want to talk about all this stuff. And which is when we started the podcast. So I think going through it and gaining that knowledge and then being able to share that and help people do it is the way to grow. I had a very similar experience in undergrad as Hannah did. And towards the end, like my senior year, I was like, I don't think I actually want to be a dietitian. And it was way too late to change. And so I ended up getting my master's of science in business, which was basically like an MBA for STEM majors. Uh, And so that kind of was the first step out the door. I did end up working as a dietitian for a little bit in an eating disorder treatment center. And it was because of that work that I started having so many conversations with clinicians because I was also running a design studio. It was kind of just a really basic like for entrepreneurs. And then I was having so many conversations with eating disorder clinicians. And they're like, oh my God, I hired someone to do my website. I told them I was a registered dietitian and they wanted to put literally just a plate of fruits and vegetables on my homepage. I don't have the time to explain to them that that's not what I do and that they can't put that on there. And so that was really when everything started to pivot and I niched down uh, specifically to work with weight-inclusive clinicians. It was an exhilarating piece because I'd already been working in the eating disorder space and just getting to work with people who I knew our values were going to be in alignment. I didn't have to super worry on discovery calls that I was going to have to build a website for someone who was promoting weight loss. Like it was just, it was a great step in the right direction. And then just continuing to have more conversations. I actually moved out of being a dietitian into marketing and outreach for a treatment center. Um, It really allowed me to just have some really cool conversations about pain points that clinicians were having in their business uh, and realize that being able to provide education around the branding, marketing, web design piece was would be crucial in continuing to allow clinicians to promote weight-inclusive care. Oh, so awesome. My story is a little bit similar to everyone's and also a little bit different. So I was totally a solopreneur riding that wave for a very long time for three years until I had my first son. And at that point, I said to myself, oh, I don't think I can do this by myself anymore. And I'm having a little bit of an identity crisis. I'm not sure I want to do this yet again. (laughs) You know, so I was a solopreneur in private practice, but I decided I wanted to move forward to more of the professional space with business supervision and coaching. So I literally said when I had my first son, like, hey, what would I tell him? 
you know, having this identity shift as a first time mother felt so profound to me. I was like, what would I tell my firstborn son? You can do anything you want to do. So I said to myself, I'm going to start before I'm ready. And I'm going to just try this on. I'm going to experiment and I'm going to see. And literally that's how Pursuing Private Practice was born. So it started off as a book. It went to a course. It went to almost like an accidental group coaching program. And now it turned into a more of an official membership program. But honestly, it never would have gotten to where it is today if I just didn't start and make pivots according to what my clients needed and according to what the market wanted. So that is my business story. Well, for me, um, geez, I'm the oldest one here. Uh, (laughs) And I am loving all of your stories. I have been in our industry for 30 years this year. And I've always known that I was different. And I always felt like I was a Black sheep in the nutrition and wellness space, because I always knew that there was something more to health and wellness than um, calories in, energy out, right? Mm -hmm. Energy in, energy out, all of this. I'm like, no, there's something more to this. So fast forward to now, I transitioned from doing mindfulness and body positivity work with my nutrition and wellness clients who were primarily women to doing this mindset work with dietitians specifically because I took a break from the dietitian world, solely identified myself as a health coach for a few years and gained some really amazing health coach friends. But then, you know, they kept prompting me to re-identify as a dietitian. I'm like, okay, well, let me just see what my colleagues are doing. And what happened was I noticed that in the dietitian groups that there was the same conversation that we were having a thousand years ago about money and not mm-hmm. making enough. And I'm like, okay, we're some of this is valid, but you get to decide. And so I decided that I was going to spend the last leg of my career on a mission to help more dietitians overcome this mindset of not being able to make whatever amount of money you want to make in your career. And so I'm super passionate about this work. And as I mentioned in the beginning, I blend neuroscience with spiritual practices because I believe that that is really the key. And my clients get phenomenal results and they have said over and over again, I feel like a whole different person. So that is my story and I have grown it just by focusing on giving more than getting. I have focused it on, I mean, I have grown it by hiring help, (laughs) of course, and maintaining help for myself, like getting my own coaching along the way. So Mm -hmm. there are so many common themes here, aren't there? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Let's go into some mindset shifts because Christine, thank you for kicking us off with that basically. But I feel like your question was, or your answer to the question was just a perfect segue because I bet we've all had various mindset shifts as we've grown our businesses. Let's talk about maybe your biggest one. So I'll kick it off. It's Katie. So I think my biggest mindset shift has been the importance of mindset. (laughs) 
So I think of my own journey from, you know, being a side hustler to building a six-figure side hustle to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. And the truth of the matter is I didn't work any harder to move stages. What I did was I worked on my mindset. The more that I changed my mindset, the more my business grew, the more I realized what I could accomplish. And it doesn't take, you know, burning myself out, hustling, grinding to the ground. It was just really changing my mindset. And I think a lot of it too is letting go of perfectionism. We do know that in this field, there's a lot of perfectionists. And so I really took to the mantra, done is better than perfect. Keep moving forward. And I will say I've learned so much from the lessons of failure that I don't think I learned before because that perfectionist in me. So letting go of perfectionism, recognizing that done is better than perfect, and just continuing to work on myself and prioritizing self-care. I think so often when people are starting to build a business, they just think, I just have to put my nose to the grindstone, work, 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 and burn myself out. And that's not the case. (laughs) We know this. And typically when that happens, you just burn yourself out and you end up not moving forward. So I think my biggest mindset thing is the importance of mindset and how this mindset work never really ends. I think as you continue to break down limiting beliefs, you run into new blocks. (laughs) One of my business coaches says, every time you solve one problem, two new ones arise. And I think that's true even within our self-development. As we work through things, we encounter new things that we need to break through. So yeah, those are my takeaways. Uh, This is Steph from TLP. And my biggest mindset shift, I would say, is that I can do things that I've never done before. And it it also doesn't really make sense with the person that I am because I always love being first to market. I always like doing weird things. Like when Christine was saying, black sheep, like I was so weird. I did not fit into my dietetics program. I didn't even get an internship straight out of there. I didn't have great marks. Like I really had to fight for to become a dietitian. Um, it took me two years out of school to finally get a master's degree where I got to have an internship and become a dietitian. So there's a part of me that's a real rebel that like wants to do everything that no one's doing. But then there's something in there in my brain that it is fear of of doing something that I've never done before. I think I have a, a have had blocks of what's too big. You know, and I shared that I got to one hundred thousand dollars, which I think I had in my head for years. I don't know where it came from, but that making one hundred thousand dollars was like the dream and it was the goal. And it's a hilarious joke for all of you that run a business because one hundred thousand dollars is like forty k or like fifty k, and you're like super duper. Thanks so much for that. And so when I hit that, I had a real block. Christine's probably like, mm-hmm, yes, yes, you did. Like at that hundred k, hundred k, hundred k, and I actually went to like a local Reiki practitioner shop to like remove my 100K, a little bit of woo in there, remove that 100K block from my aura or wherever it was and reinsert a 500K (laughs) into there. And that year we did 500K on the nose in our business, which is crazy. So for me, it's doing those things that I've never done before was huge, kind of buying into mindset, like Katie said, and some things that I must have learned from a child, from my wonderful parents who did the best that they could, from never seeing an entrepreneur before of this is what's enough for me. And it wasn't. And so I'm still on that journey. And now there's a new level, like new devil, new level, I don't know, something like that. There's like a new level that that we're working towards. And I have to just always come back to, it's the people, it's the change I want to make, it's the impact. Um, And so that's that's, you know, if I could pass that on to anyone, it's getting some support around 
doing things you've never done before. That's probably a big block for you. And if you can work with someone that helps you get through that, and I've worked with a few people to help me get through that, uh, it's going to change everything. Hannah here. So a couple of things. Basically, you're just listening to a bunch of freaking weirdos. That's what it takes to be an entrepreneur, which I totally resonate with. I was emailing with another dietitian entrepreneur this week who was talking about being a rebel and talking about how it showed up in her childhood. And I was like, yep, definitely have been in the back of a cop car. Yep, definitely um, was always getting grounded. And yep, definitely failed some classes in school. Like I feel we just have this, I don't know, tolerance for risk and risky behavior and like overcoming things. So I like to look at it as a in a positive light. And then the other thing I was thinking about listening to you all was just the the 100K thing. And my theory is that comes from when you played the game of life as a kid. If you played that game, you know, with like the little car and you have the little people you put in there. And anytime you got that card that said your salary was going to be 100K, you're like, yes, like I'm totally going to win this game. So that's my theory of where that number comes from. But mindset is... Honestly, probably if I had to pick one thing that is important in the grand scheme of business is mindset, because what it comes back to me for is perspective. And if you're stuck in that same mindset of fear-based thoughts, I can't do this, whatever your critical mind is saying, that is really protective, right? It's a way that anxiety can show up for us. And when you, when you get stuck there, something has to shift to move it to where you can know those thoughts are normal and we are not our thoughts. And we can create the mindset that we want to have. So one thing I've been working on recently is just settling into the long game of business. You know, I'm in my fourth year now of being in the business space, private practice, and then moving into business coaching. And there's just such the sense of urgency we always feel of like, I have to grow, I have to get here now. And that is burnout central. So when we can really understand, one, this is why a lot of businesses fail in the first five years because there's just such this intensity and this unknowing of what needs to happen, how our mind needs to shift, where to be level-headed at, that it just burns people out or makes them have decisions that aren't in the best interest of the long game. So I know I'm always grounding myself in mindset of like, how do I make this sustainable? What needs to get done today? What isn't actually a sense of urgency? And when to tell the difference. Ditto that. I told myself I wasn't going to say ditto that. But honestly, here we are. Um, and Katie, you took the word right out of my mouth with the perfectionism piece. Uh, I think that's what I have. Kind of how I summarize that is that you don't have to have all your ducks in a row. And I think one thing I'm so thankful for being in the intuitive eating space is that what comes with intuitive eating and letting go of the control around food mimics that in life as well. And so mm -hmm. I, I've noticed parallels with that of like, as I let go of more control over things, including business, it makes things easier to like navigate and function. But I would say one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had to make as an entrepreneur is that being busy doesn't mean being productive and moving the needle in your business. So one of the best things I did for myself was tell myself that I don't have to work a 40-hour work week. I feel like we're constantly told like, 40 hours, got to go. You got you to gotta work. You got to hustle. And I've shifted that to just being able to work and flow. Obviously, there's deadlines that I'm not going to be able to like fully you know, work and flow and be like, oh, I can do that later. But really getting curious each morning about what is exciting for me, where my headspace is at, how much energy I have toward, to give towards my business. 
Usually Wednesdays are like half days for me every single week. And it's so nice just to have that midday reset, check in um, and choose not to work if there's nothing super urgent and pressing and that I don't have to keep myself busy all the time in order to be a successful entrepreneur. For me, mindset means mental health. So for those of you that don't know, I am recovered from an eating disorder. I talk about it very openly and very honestly because I want to take the shame away. But for me, what I started to notice in hindsight, you know, I was 26 when I started my business, 27, and I was very newly recovered. I saw traits of my eating disorder stuff come into business right away. Perfectionism, not giving myself grace, wanting to do everything right, not being able to take a mistake, like defensiveness and anger when things didn't go my way. And I had to really learn that there are so many emotional stuff and issues in business. And being the leader means that you have to work on your own stuff all the time. So I think that that is my biggest hurdle with mindset is that for me, it's mental health. When I am in a good place and I'm taking care of myself and I'm practicing all the self-care things that I need to do, I'm going to therapy, I'm getting my own business coaching, I'm working on my own stuff. I am a much better leader for my company than if I'm holding things back and I'm you know, people pleasing all over the place. It's just not good whatsoever. So that's what I have learned. I love all of this. This is all... Well, of course I do. This is Christine. (laughs) Um, I love all of this mindset stuff. It is beyond fascinating to me. And and I listen to all of you and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Especially the energetic work and the shaman work. Oh my God, so good. Like, ooh, I'm just over here like cheering you on for that, Stephanie. For me, the biggest mindset shift that I've had to make as an entrepreneur was to realize that I don't need to know the how. I don't need to know the how in order to move forward. And as dietitians, I feel like we oftentimes will get caught up in the how and, you know, we've been trained to have all of the parts written down ahead of time and stick to the parts. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having the parts written down. I'm not suggesting that we should all be flying by the seat of our pants, but you, you have your goals and you may even have a roadmap, but don't get pissed off when you hit a detour. And so for me, I just kind of go with the flow of things and allow the how to come as it may. I do have a roadmap. I I pretty much know what direction I'm going in. But when the detours come up, I have learned to ask, what do I need to learn from this? And then keep going. So not knowing the how has really allowed me to be in business for myself in a much much more peaceful way. Like I'm not frenetic and I'm not hustling and I'm not grinding. I am really committed to enjoying the journey. I love that, Christine, of like not knowing the how. I love that. That was really beautiful. Uh, This is Adrian here. Um, I think kind of listening to everybody's different perspectives. And when Hannah said she was a rebel, I was like, oh no, 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 no. I was not the rebel. I was the front person in the classroom raising. I had all my homework done. I was I was that dietitian. <gasps> no. Oh my gosh. I didn't do anything off the labels. Oh no, no, no. And so <laughs> I want to give everybody permission. If you're not a rebel, you can still be a kick-ass entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> um, 
what I think one of my secret weapons was, was I used to just plain out naive. I was like, well, I can do that. Like if I can do the Krebs cycle, I can figure out a business. Like it's not that hard. So I went the route of being naive or just not knowing better um, and learn through falling down. But I think kind of for me, the biggest mindset shift was the words of wisdom of Pitbull is that scared money don't make money. And so that it, it took me a good like five to eight years of being in business to really like hone in that you got to spend some money if you're going to make some money. So spending money on yourself, investing in your mental health, a shaman, all of the woo, investing in a coach, investing in growing your business. So if you need to use some magic of Pitbull, scared money don't make money. (laughs) Thank you, Adrian, for that. I love... Megan, we need to have that as a social media quote from this podcast. Scared money don't make money. In the famous words of Pitbull. Oh my gosh, I love it. We have a question for the non-diet dietitians and of course, anyone that wants to answer because I notice diet culture showing up in business all the time. It's one of the pillars of the messaging that we have here at Pursuing Private Practice. How does diet culture show up in business? Let's kick it off with Morgan. Yes. So I uh, briefly mentioned this earlier, but the having web designers just want to put either like fruits and vegetables on a website and writing website copy that is just like icky sales related to comparing being on a diet or what you're eating or anything like Mm -hmm. that, which I know we don't do in that space, but that's their perception of it. And so that for sure um, was one of the first kind of red flags of diet culture showing up in the business world. The other thing that I noticed is just, I don't think I've read a single business book that hasn't had some comparison to being on a diet, the one that comes to mind the most is just like, you have to have so much willpower to be an entrepreneur. Just like you have to have willpower when you're on a diet. And I like, as soon as I read that, if I see it once, I'll like, let it fly. Cause I was like, focus on the business knowledge, Morgan. But if it starts popping up, it's like that book gets closed and thrown in the back of the shelf because I was like, I just, I can't handle this anymore. I'm not going to learn anything from this because I'm going to be so pissed off the whole time reading this book. Um, but yeah, that's primarily what I see. And I, I'll pass it over to Hannah because her and I have discussed this quite extensively on her podcast. <laughs> 100%. I always try to think why people do what they do. And I think that's just my like existential brain of, okay, why is it so important? Why is this such a thing that in the business space, people want to compare it to weight loss and bodies and how if you just do this, this will happen and it's the same in business. And I know it it is coming from a quote unquote innocent place as in I think people are trying to be relational and make it connect with a lot of people because diet culture is the water that we drink. And it's just like, oh gosh, we can we can extend this knowledge to people and help them grow their businesses without going there. Like that's not helpful. That's just going to be triggering to someone. It's going to be off-putting or it's going to distract them of like, oh shit, I need to start a diet and like change my body. And like, that'll make me X, Y, Z or like, I'll look like an entrepreneur. What what the hell ever. The biggest one to me is um, just the financial comparisons to weight loss. So anytime I read like a finance book, which a lot of folks who are non-men are often shielded from learning about finance, which could be a whole nother podcast series. But especially in the financial space, it feels like people are comparing getting a grasp on your money is the same thing as like tracking calories in and calories out. Like Christine was talking about earlier, that concept of just 
Like it's not that simple. There's a whole lot more nuance there. And it, it doesn't even give justice to the complexity of our bodies and finance. So that's my that's my pet peeve. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that, Hannah. And also too, would you agree? Like sometimes the more money the business is bringing in, the more stress I have, I'm actively working on that. It's not like making more revenue solved all of my problems, changed my personality, you know, fixed everything. Like you know, so many people say, oh, losing weight, it's just going to make you feel so much better. It's like, um, no, like we know that. And making more money doesn't necessarily solve all of your problems. I don't know if you want to say something along those lines. I'm nodding my head furiously over here because yes, it, yeah, it's not that simple. It's not just make more money and everything is great and fine. It's like, yeah more money, more problems and things that need to shift and a whole new level of growth. So mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah, you've arrived and like you lost the weight or whatever the fantasy is. It's like, nope, it's just something different. Yeah, exactly. And for me, mine is very, very, very similar because I see so much diet culture when people say like, build your business when you do when you actually start your private practice everything is going to be solved like people say all the time like leave your job and everything is going to be amazing granted yes i feel like there's a part of the situation that when you leave a job it's an amazing thing but it doesn't necessarily change your entire life like you're still you you are still your personality your situation your privilege which that's a whole entire another conversation in business too like you are still you with the unique personality that makes you you and we're all humans so we're all complex we still are going to have problems even if we're building a business even if we're making money even if we're leading a team you know there's still going to be stuff there that we have to work on and i think that's my biggest pet peeve with this diet culture stuff in business and also too i cannot stand the people that are like make thousands of dollars when you're on the beach. Like you can build a course without an audience. Like that drives me so insane because we know that that's not true. Oh, Jennifer, we we speak the same language. So when you sent this question over, how does diet culture show up in the business world? Took a different like mindset. And I was like, well, we all know on this uh, podcast that the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And to me, and one of my passions is to have, how can we fight that? And how can we have those louder voices? So to me, as opposed to like leading with that negativity, learning from Christine, uh, like shifting out of the negativity space and like into a positive and more inclusive space of like, awesome. If you want to do all that weight loss crap, I'm going to build a bigger voice and I'm going to change dietetics. (laughs) that is one of my goals, to have that kind of aspect of weight-inclusive, anti-diet and come with a louder uh, and way more fun voice. So I think that to me when I was reading this is as opposed to fighting against diet culture, which seems like the worst battle ever, I want to kind of encourage everybody that is on this podcast and listening to how can we band together as business owners, as business coaches to have a louder voice and be that change? So that's how I read it. <laughs> My answer was different. Let's shift a little bit and talk about how we continue to learn and grow as business coaches. Hannah, do you want to go first? I'll kick us off. So I am a student of life in so many different ways. I feel like I'm learning from my clients that I do one-on-one work as far as in my private practice. I'm learning in school. I'm working on my master's in organizational leadership right now. And the thing that I learn the most from is working with people on their businesses. Like, I don't know what it is, 
I get to work with the best humans in the world. It, people who want to like grow and are so open and have so much grit are my favorite kind of humans to hang around with. So when you're getting paid to help support someone in their business and they're super cool, I'm just like, wow. And it, that's payment enough to get to hang out with this person and learn from them as they're hashing things out in their own business. So it feels, yeah, it feels like such a privilege to get to do that. So part of my learning through doing the business coaching is market research in a way. Someone was kind of speaking to that earlier of like, you get to learn what people need and what their pain points are. And that gives you so much content. It gives you so much ideas and wheels spinning in your mind for what you can create to support people like this person because they are a unique person, but their issue is not unique. It makes sense that people get to the point in their business where you know, they're having so many referrals come in and they're seeing so many clients and they want to hire somebody, but they have no time. Like that's a very common issue where something can be created or, you know, a system can be put in place to help people work through that time. So that's where I learned the most and continue to grow as a business coach is just from my clients. Morgan here. I also learn a lot from clients uh, whenever I get to work with them. But I would say where I really continue to learn and grow is connecting with people who are also doing branding, marketing, web design work, but are not in our eating disorder space. So I'm very thankful Mm. for social media. Uh, I love networking. I love meeting new people. I love doing walk and talks with new people. I'm like, hey, you want to just like jump on a phone call? We can both go for a walk and just like talk about what's going on in our businesses and just discuss the projects we're working on, be able to ask each other questions. I feel like I have gotten a lot, a lot of growth in my business from just talking to other clinicians where maybe they're approaching it from a very different lens. And I can say, okay, I love that. How can I take that and make it specific to people who are weight-inclusive business owners and be able to support them that way? I love that, Morgan. So for me, I really feel like my own mastermind program, my own business coaching program helps me so much. I've done a couple different, I guess, offers from various companies. And the one that I'm in now with Hello7, Rachel Rogers, is just like the most amazing program I've ever been in. And it is... And I'm looking at Christine because you were in it for a while too. And it's so, so, so awesome to just have the support of people that understand social justice and not necessarily dietitians in private practice, but just social justice as a whole in a business mastermind program. And I feel like it's helped me so much, not only with the messaging that I really believe in, that I have to just remind myself that this is my you know way to talk about things in the world. And just seeing all these different examples of people, especially people that have had stories that have come from nothing, that have grown businesses in this regard is just so inspiring to me. So people overcoming challenges and hurdles and everything from mental health to environment to family to society stuff is just so inspirational. And it just makes me want to keep going. So my own business coaching is really how I learn and grow the best. Awesome. I love it. Rachel Rogers is just amazing. Yeah. For me, my own way to grow is to continue to surround myself around people who are doing the things that I want to do. So I am constantly being coached by other coaches and mentors, being in masterminds, reading books. I currently have three different things that I'm involved in. Um, 
One is related to sales. The other one is related to leveraging my, my business. And the other one is just related to my own personal growth. So I am just a learner of all of the things <laughs> at all times. And I really just love learning so much. And I've always been that type of person. My mother used to tease me when I was growing up that I would never take a day off from school. And then when I um, I contracted chicken pox, she was like, now you have to stay home. <laughs> so that's just how much I really love learning. I'm constantly surrounding myself around people who are doing the things that I want to do. I love that. <laughs> Great minds always kind of come together and you grow together. That's awesome. Uh, so for me, how I continue to learn, this was, a, this was fun because I was like, oh, how did I get to this? Um, so... It's actually a fun story. So, oh gosh, probably six years ago, one of my good girlfriends was, uh, she was in EO and uh, she had a shift in her company and she had to sell that company. And she always used to talk about being in EO. And for those that don't know, it's entrepreneurs organization. And in order to get in, you have to have over a million in revenue. And so she always talked about it. And she's like, well, I want to start something that helps women get to a million in revenue so you can apply to get into EO. And so we started our nonprofit, which is Women Entrepreneur Roundtable. And so that's where we've, and we've been going strong for almost six years now. And you come just absolutely vulnerable. There's a, in our small group and you just get lit up and down over your KPIs. And then you also talk about the 3%. So the 3% that you can't talk about with your spouse, with your other friends, that is the hard part about being an entrepreneur. Like, oh, I just had to write a check for $10,000 to a lawyer because of X, Y, and Z. Like, you can't tell your mm -hmm. friends that because they would think you're bananas. But as a business owner, like, that's life sometimes. So that organization. And then so also we would have how she did it lecture. So we'd bring in a multi-million dollar business owners from all industries and learn from her of how she did it and how to lead a company with feminine energy. You may or may not love Sarah Blakely, but like she's like my entrepreneur goddess. It, she's, she will be on my board someday. Uh, that is my goal. Um, so I think that, and she was a member of EO. So that's like why I want to get in EO too, because we will be besties. So that, I think that for me has been the biggest shift in like learning. So um, Katie here, I think um, for me, how I continue to grow is just being committed to being a lifelong learner. Being in my own business coaching programs and masterminds is something that has really allowed me to continue to grow, to stretch my mindset. And I will say I work a lot on self-care. <laughs> As I've become a full-time entrepreneur, I dedicate even more time to self-care. And what that looks like for me is I have a pretty specific morning routine, but I exercise and take care of myself in ways that make me feel good. I spend time in meditation and prayer. I read professional development books every day. It's just things that really fill my cup and taking care of me. I've also been on a really um, new kick of learning new things outside of dietetics outside of business. Right now, I'm learning how to dance. Um, I got asked to be in a dancing competition called the Rogue Valley Dancing with the Stars. It's a, um, it's a charity, not-for-profit. And they asked me to be on a hip-hop squad. The first thought I had was, I can't dance. And it made me think of my entire life. I've told myself I can't dance. But I'm like, well, how do I know I can't dance? I've never really tried. I've never taken lessons. And I really pulled it into the concept of 
business coaching and the belief that we really can do anything we apply ourselves to and also the the stories we tell ourselves. So I committed to being in a hip hop squad. And right now I'm learning to dance every day. I'm practicing my dance moves and I'll make my worldwide stage debut on May 7th. So it's been such a fun journey and doing something so outside of dietetics, but it's still like it's helping me a lot professionally and personally. And so I'm thinking like, what am I going to do next? I think next I'm going to learn how to play the piano. Maybe I'll learn to sing. I've always said I can't sing, but who knows? Maybe that, maybe I got a voice in here after all. So I think for me, it's just surrounding myself with the right people, but continuing to push myself and grow in all kinds of ways and really taking care of myself. So yeah, that's how I grow. I learned really early that by really focusing on a specialty area, I would learn faster. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you guys agree with that. So I started as a, a kind of a generalist dietitian with my practice. And I was also against like everything that was in dietetics. And I wanted just people to get healthy by eating delicious food. So I did culinary training and I taught cooking and cooking classes and brought in lots of oil and fat and salt and all the good things to enjoy. Very quickly learned that was not a profitable business model. But on the pathway to doing all of that, I realized by seeing all kinds of people, it was really slow for me to get good at anything. So when I specialized my practice into digestive health and then very specifically IBS, I learned so quickly from practice. I'm a big, big fan of being a practitioner of what you are learning and what you want to get better at. And that's what we teach in the leverage practice is you can't just build this perfect group program in the next six months and then it like it's the best. No, you have to do it and run it and be a practitioner of it and learn along the way. So I would encourage anyone um, who maybe has been thinking they're a bit broad or want to focus in on something that you will learn faster when you just really hone in on an area and a skill. The other thing is I'm a little more structured in my learning kind of as Christine was getting to with the different departments in my business. So I have five full-time right now and we have a commitment to the learning of my entire team. I'm stronger as a team and we're really the sum... Was it some of the parts or some of the whole? I don't know. Some of the parts. That makes sense, right? So we're really like myself, I'm the CEO, but I have five other team members. So my learning and my company growth involves their learning. And so if you have anyone on your team thinking about it in that way of who you hire and how they're learning and and what they bring to the table, it took me a long time to learn that. And so we have a really strong policy, I guess, to support learning that they get work hours for learning. And they also get an amount of money every year to invest in learning. So we invest as a company in like Christine was saying, sales. I don't know if you said all these, Christine, but like sales, marketing, operations, administration, you know, tech and like all that stuff. And um, and also product. So that's how I'm growing and learning as a team and then myself kind of looking where I need to go in and learn. And just like many of you, I'm in uh, a mastermind. I need always need mentorship uh, from coaches and from people who are further ahead of me. And I desperately need community to have... I've never heard that, Adrian, like the 3% conversation. I've never heard 3% before. But to have that and to have those things that are like such weird things to tell other people that you have to do or pay for or or get done. Um, and so for me, that's it's a bit structured and then kind of supportive as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 3% is gold. I've never heard that, Adrian, And I love that so much because I'm sitting here saying to myself, there are so many times that I 
Voxer, like my business best friends. And I'm like, this is what's going on with me. And my husband's sitting there and he has no idea, but they know before he does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest. And those people are so tight. I had a major issue going on in the business and all of the girls dropped what they were doing, jumped on a call. I mean, I was driving and crying and everything. And so it's one of those, you kind of talk to them before you talk to your other humans in your life. It's, oh, Mm -hmm. it's life-saving. Yes, absolutely. We could have a whole podcast episode about the topics of the 3% and uh, just so everyone else knows that it's normal. (laughs) And you know what? As your business shifts though, I find that that 3% actually changes. And so you guys heard my financial growth and the problems that you have as you hire a team and have full-time employees and make a different amount of money, it changes. So it's actually really important that you continue to surround yourself... I mean, you don't have to not have friends anymore, but it's important that you build new circles, I think. Oh, absolutely. I don't know about everyone, but my problems now are completely different than what they were when I was growing a business even than they were when I was starting. It's it's like night and day. Yeah. What is something that a business coaching client has taught you that was profound? Stephanie, we're kicking it off with you. I know. And this question gives me severe anxiety. <laughs> I want you all to know that. Who wrote this question? Um... So I'm going to answer it in a different way. (laughs) So one thing is I would say is that um, over the last five, six years, I've been teaching online education for health. My clients implementing my teaching, so hundreds of clients have implemented the teaching that we've done here, have developed out three models of online education, which is so cool. Because remember how I was saying you got to practice? Like you got to be a practitioner. Mm -hmm. So by kind of teaching what we've taught over these years, we have realized that there are three core models of online education and learning for health practices. And so that's been so exciting to kind of co-develop that with our clients. And they've taught me that in using all of this, this is what that looks like and what works really well. So that's a huge, huge deal for us this year that we're mapping those out and teaching those. But on a personal note, one of my clients, um, Sasha, if you're listening, uh, was a, is a physiotherapist. And I have had back pain since I was 13 years old. And um, it has prevented me from exercising. So after having a whole bunch of kids and like not feeling comfortable in my body and also just like not feeling healthy and well, I tried to get back into exercise and I couldn't because I would keep throwing my back out. And so I just like felt terrible and unhealthy and poor energy. And so she taught me about physiotherapy in like a different way with a different kind of practitioner. And I found one locally. And since last summer, I've been doing this different kind of physiotherapy. And now I work out with a personal trainer twice a week. And I do, guys, I do like, yesterday we did side plank with like a weight or something horrible, like something really bad that I would... And I would be like, I can't do this. You want me to do four? You want to do a push-up? Like, I can't do a push-up because I always hurt myself. Mm. And so now I can do... I can do four push-ups. Watch out. Like, And it's been a long journey, but it's so cool who you get to work. That's mm-hmm. the best thing about this job in just working with other people specifically around entrepreneurship is the people you get to meet and their specialties and the areas. I also had a client as a dietitian who taught me how to make arepas. And that is like the best food addition in my life that's ever happened. Um, So, you know, it's like these amazing people that you get to meet that teach you or show you this new insight that can change everything. So my life is significantly and will be significantly different in regards to exercise and movement. And because this lovely lady came into my life and shared something with me. So 
know if that's profound. No, I, I think it is. I love that so much. I think it is so awesome to hear about the different relationships that we can form with our clients. And of course, there is a therapeutic relationship to it of some degree because there is that difference of power sometimes with business coaching and a client. But it is so awesome to just absorb all of your clients' energy and to really have them come into the company, change the company for the better. I know that we certainly feel like that at Pursuing Private Practice. Like The reason why this company exists is the mission of non-diet dietitians really getting the word out helping their clients feel fabulous about food. And that is just what lights us up. So my answer to this question, though, is a little bit different. I want to say, working with so many dietitians, I have learned that there is not one type of personality that is able to grow a business. There are introverts, extroverts, all different types of Enneagrams. There are different personalities, different privileges, different backgrounds, different environments, different support systems, oh my gosh, different everything. And I've seen people really grow a business depending on what success looks like to them. Again, that's another thing. Maybe there's no one different... There's no one standard definition of success. Um, I think that there's different definitions of success, to be honest with you. So that is what I've learned as clients. Like I know that that sounds simple, but I think when I was getting into this, I was heavily influenced by the diet culture stuff in business that like this is what it looks like to be successful. This is what a a big private practice looks like. And I've just learned that there's no one answer to that. And that I've only learned that working with clients. Stephanie, for what it's worth, as the writer of this question, I also have anxiety about it because (laughs) I feel like I can't do the answer justice, which was one of the reasons why I wanted to hear what everybody else's answers are because I know just getting to spend the time with people and their trust in us to help them grow something that like their livelihood depends on and their finances depend on. And then people they hire, their livelihood and their finances depend on. It just feels like such a privilege and there's so much benefit on both ends. Sometimes it feels selfish as a business coach to get to just spend that time with people. But one of the most profound things that I always think about with what I learned from business coaching clients is... It just feels cool to see dietitians who have been put in such a box of like, you go work for somebody or you work for a treatment center, you work at a hospital and like, here's your set salary and this is what it's going to look like forever. And by the time you're 15 years in, you might get $5,000 more a year. Dietitians are so, they can grow so much bigger than that. And they're natural leaders and they can totally do the business stuff. And just seeing people build successful group practices and people implement insurance models into their business and therapists building out nutrition sectors and getting to be part of that. It's like, damn, the things people are capable of, the grit that I see is just so inspiring. So that lesson never gets old to me. One of my favorite parts of doing this work is just getting to work with so many people in the mental health space who are all so in tune with themselves. And so I feel like it's, you know, you as the business coach can put something out there. And then a lot of times, like there's so many therapists that I work with, like they kind of put it back on you too. And the one thing that sticks with me all the time is coaching people through the pivots in their business. And what we talked about it, I think, Christine, it was you where you have like a roadmap, but like you have no clue what detours you're going to take. And so um, how important it is to listen to that gut feeling and and what your body is trying to tell you and and leaning into what those pivots are and having the support to do it along the way of having people that you can talk through those with. 
I love it. I love it. I love gut feelings, intuition, all of the things. For me, all of my clients, every single one of them have taught me that success can look different for different people. I love watching them grow and evolve over the span of time that we work together and beyond. There are some people who desire to make a lot of money. There are some people who desire to just make enough to um, contribute to their families and none of it is wrong. All of it is right. And um, my clients have also taught me that I am extremely privileged to be able to hold space for them and their dreams and desires. I take the work very seriously. I believe that it is sacred work. It's almost like a um, sacred contract. And I take it so seriously. And I'm just so blessed and privileged to be able to hold space for each and every one of them. Every time you talk, Christine, I'm just like, ah, oh. like you just did It's so calming. So I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, we are doing great work. Oh, man. Uh, so thanks for that reminder. Um, I think kind of as far as like a profound uh, thing that I've learned from a patient, or not patient, <laughs> of a coaching client is private practice rocks your confidence. I've had many uh, people that go into either private practice or starting a business and they might have been a rock star at a, a clinician in a treatment center or at a hospital. And when they're all alone, like your confidence gets rocked. And so that was, um, I've seen it so many in our coaching clients. And then as we've hired lots of dietitians over at Nourish, um, I, one of our dietitians, she's like, you will feel inadequate until you don't. And this came from a pediatric, what was it? Pediatric geneticist dietitian. I was like, you feel inadequate? I feel inadequate around you. Like, so I just thought it was such a great reminder that any change in your profession causes you to have a shift in confidence. And so all of this magic that everybody's talking about of finding a coach, finding your mastermind, continuing to learn is, I think, just a great reminder of like, it's going to rock until you have support. <laughs> I, I love this conversation and this question. And how it really is a privilege that we all have to be able to work with our clients. And I know I love helping people. I just have a heart for helping people. So I could share stories probably from every single one of my clients, but I think I get excited um, within the specific niche that I do with blogging. When I see dietitians like bring their passion to life and create these websites that are going to generate lots of traffic and drown out the noise of all that incorrect information on live, so online. So it's, it's very fulfilling. But I did want to share um, when I read this question, um, something a business coaching client has taught you that was profound. Last week, one of um, my clients in my blog boss mastermind said something that I actually thought was profound. So I'm going to share. So Liz, I don't know if you're listening, but she was talking about fears, fears in her business, taking the next, next step, moving forward. And I think so often, at least in my mind, I think so often of the fear of failure. People don't want to move forward because like, oh, what if I fail? What if this? What if that? But what she shared was her fear wasn't a failure. Her fear was, what if I make it? What if this works out? 
What if I have success? And it really made me stop and think of like, you're right. I think sometimes we play it small because we're so worried about what happens if I live out my true identity and, and live out my truth of who I was created to be because so often we're, we're kind of taught to play it small. So for me, when she said that, it was just kind of, I know I'm the coach, but I felt like I was being coached. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, this is so good. And it really helped me take a different look and to dig deep. And so... I think that's the cool thing is when we're around all of these clients, when we're in the business coaching world, either we're being coached ourselves or we're coaching other people, we're around people who are dreaming big, who are breaking down barriers. And there's just so much energy that comes from that and lessons that we learn as the teacher, as the student. And it really is such a privilege. Oh, y'all, I cannot believe that we are at the end of this podcast interview, but that really just wrapped it up for me. Like this, we are are so passionate about what we do. It just shows in our answers. So I love it so much. What do you all think is the future of business coaching? How do you see this space evolving maybe even in the next year or so? So I'm going to go first. I have been thinking about this question and I think I want to make business coaching as normal as it is for our clients to see dietitians to heal their relationship with food. I feel like we're getting there in our world because dietitians are becoming more confident about actually explaining what we do. I feel like we need to get there for the businesses too. So that's what I hope to see in the future. I really hope it's so normal for every business owner to have a business coach, just like it's normal for every client to have a dietitian. Well, thank you for stealing my answer because... (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that we need to normalize business coaching. I think it's um, really important that for those of you who are listening who are adverse to business coaching because of whatever the reason is that you have in your mind, I just want to tell you that you get to decide the trajectory of your life. And you're not meant to go on your life journey alone. Sure, you could bootstrap it and you could do all of the things and Google all of the things, but think about what that would look like if it were your client. Mm -hmm. Would you want your client bootstrapping their health, bootstrapping their nutrition, Googling uh, nutrition answers on um, bogus websites? Why would you want to do that for your own business? Your business is your livelihood, is a vehicle for changing other people's lives. And you really want someone alongside you or even a community of people alongside you that will help guide you along the way, cheer you on, give you the expertise that you deserve so that you can show up to your own clients in the best way possible. So let's normalize business coaching, mindset coaching, hello, and all of the things that are necessary for us to be of service to other humans. Yes, yes. Mindset, business, coaching, and normal. I love it. And I'm going to say like, we need to like indoctrinate this early on in our education as healthcare providers. Um, Working with therapists and dentists and uh, MDs, they don't know how to run a business, which they Mm -hmm. went to school to be healthcare providers, which is wonderful. But if we look at other professions that are a little bit further along than dietitians, um, 
we can all figure out who those are. I won't share. Um, they actually get education and uh, have those classes of like how to do the marketing, how to do, I don't even know all the things that they do, but they have tons like pretty much like insurance billing too. One of my friends that's in this other healthcare profession, she's like, oh yeah, I had like two classes on insurance billing. I was like, shut the front door. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't even have to learn all that crap on my own. Um, so I think if we go from like an education standpoint, like so glad I learned how to serve green beans. Um, is it a slotted spoon, tongs, or a scoop number eight? That was the question I missed on the RD exam. Not even kidding. So mad at that, but like I didn't know how to create a CRM. So I think those are things if we kind of look at our education, how do we shift in order to continue to be relevant? I love that. And I also like having more RDs to be getting involved in this world earlier. I love working with students, with interns and helping them to see what's possible because they're not learning this stuff in school. And I think even shifting to, we keep having this conversation about normalizing business coaching. I think a lot of people, they will get a student loan and take money they don't have and invest so much money into getting their bachelor's, their master's, their PhD, becoming a dietitian. And that gives them the credentials of becoming a dietitian, but it doesn't enable them to build a business, to make money, to make massive impact. But when it comes to investing in business coaching, it's like, oh, well, what do you mean? Why, why would I do that? It's just, it's such a different thought. But my hope is in the future is we look at business coaching, investing in yourself and online programs, the same way we look at school, recognizing that we're continuing our education. But at the end, instead of having student loans we can't pay, we're going to pay off our investment. We're going to have skills to reach more people, to serve more people, and really live out these dreams that we have in our heart. So that's my hope is that we really look at it like we look at education, where people don't think twice about getting loans or putting in the time, putting in the effort, and you know, seeing it in the same light. Okay, so we talked a lot about like hopes and dreams of like what we hope will happen. I'm going to get a little more practical on like what I see happening with business coaching. So right now, business coaching, we've had a lot of change with COVID, pandemic, a lot of new technology coming out. Um, This is the place that I vibe in and that I love. We're going to see more hybrid style small group programs because there's too much DIY. Even at the high premium level of $30,000 coaching programs, people are getting ripped off right now. Um, people are getting um, kind of over... What's it called? Over, guys, I don't, I'm a podcast host and I don't even have the words. Oversold and underdelivered is happening right now currently in the business coaching world. People are purchasing premium programs at $1,000, 2000 3000 5000 a month and then not really getting the service and the support that they need. Business is complicated and everyone is getting into business without business degrees. Not just the dietitians, but like Everyone without a business degree wants to own a business and it needs to be more hands-on. It's not profitable to just do one-to-one. So we're going to see hybrid style programming and small group cohort where you're in a group of five to 10. So you get a lot of direct attention and peer-to-peer support, or you're going to have a hybrid where you have one-to-one, but it's like less one-to-one, maybe a 15-minute touch point, 10-minute touch point, 30-minute. We're already seeing asynchronous coaching. I think we're going to see more of it. So that's kind of like that Voxer or DMing back and forth, more audio, more voicemailing. That's easy. That works into our busy schedules, but more support just in a more functional way, like asynchronous, like smaller, and like using like smaller groups like that. So pricing is not going to decrease in any way. I think maybe it might get more, but I I believe that people are going to start to see 
that you need to invest more to get better service and you also need to vet people. So I love that everyone just shared this needs to be normal. But also we need to remember that some of you listening, a lot of you listening... I don't want to say have been ripped off, but you've been under-delivered to. And just one crappy program that you spent five or $10,000 for cannot not allow you to invest in yourself in the future. Look at case studies. Talk to people who've been in the program before. Like really be discerning about who you invest in and don't just do it based on the sales page. So I think we're going to see really cool stuff happening. The other thing I wrote down was more in-persons. Going back to the real world. So you're going to like invest in a program that includes in-person style retreats and things like that. And we're going to see more of that in 2023 and 2024 and more coaching done on apps. So I said asynchronous, but technology is getting so much cooler and I'm watching more coaching technology. So software companies around coaching, like coaching software companies. <laughs> I think I said it the same way twice. But it's like we didn't have, you know, we didn't have 10 years ago when I started an EMR or an EHR that was affordable for a small practice. I remember calling and they were like, yeah, $25,000 setup fee. No, I'm not doing that. It's with coaching. We don't have a lot of coaching softwares and apps. It's starting to come out. So I think we're going to see cool ways to uh, include technology and make coaching easier for the client and us. So that's my prediction. Thanks for bringing in that take, Stephanie, because, well, one, I love bringing in what other industries, like what has been going on for years in other industries where business is, which is every industry, and then bringing it into the dietitian space because I think that's been a long suppression of the things that people can do in our space. There hasn't been the support, the knowledge, the people doing the thing to be able to provide those services. And so I know Adrian earlier um, mentioned CRMs and like, I didn't even know what that was until I think last week, Morgan was talking about it. And there's just so many things that we don't know what we don't know that we need to know. And so I totally agree. I think there's going to be a lot more hybrid models. I think there's going to be a lot more group coaching. I know as someone who is only currently doing individual one-on-one, I see the need for that group and that and for other people getting business coaching to get support from each other. So I really hope... I know I hope to build that out in my offerings and I hope to see it too. I also just reiterating what everybody is saying about normalizing business coaching. I know it's easy for us to all say, right, as business coaches and... I imagine some people might be like, well, yeah, you're selling your services right now. But the reality is we all do our own business coaching that we receive. We give it because we know it's helpful. And I want to see more people taking risk and investing in themselves and doing the research to make sure it's a good fit. And knowing the ROI, the return on investment for what you pay for coaching, easily recoupable in your business. Mm -hmm. So good. Stephanie, I love that you mentioned in-person retreats because that is definitely something on the forefront of my brain for 2023. I cannot wait to get around and gather with people. I think a part of all of that too is just the accountability piece that comes along with it. Like everyone has can have these incredible ideas, but it really does kind of take a village to feel supported and, and feel heard and grow and continue to do that. One thing that I am really passionate about in terms of not necessarily in business coaching, just because I feel like I do a little bit more like design strategy work, but being able to start feel more supported in starting a business as dietitians is getting to work with dietetic interns, getting to work with undergrad programs to just like how can they 
introduce an entrepreneur course into the undergrad program? How can we start incorporating more entrepreneur rotations in internships? And I'm so thankful there's two programs that I work with here in Texas uh, where I have been able to say like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur rotation. If you have anyone interested in starting a business, like send them my way. Perks if they have experience and knowledge with eating disorders, because there's definitely, you know, in our spaces, there's a lot of overlap with that. And they have been so receptive to really supporting their dietetic interns in getting to access rotations that are more entrepreneurial focused. And so I hope we can just continue to see part of that and and continue to have private practice dietitians uh, accepting interns to teach them more of the entrepreneurial side of things. Stephanie, can I just say I want to have you back on the podcast in one year and to see if all those things come true (laughs) in the market. I love it so much. I'll be here. April Fool's. April 1st. (laughs) I just want to wrap up by saying, isn't it so awesome that we can pivot when we need to? When the market desires a pivot, when your audience desires a pivot, when you desire a pivot... It's a totally normal thing in business coaching to know that it's totally normal to pivot. So I think that that is a perfect ending statement with regards to that question. We are going to wrap up this podcast on behalf of everyone. It's been so awesome to hang out for these two hours. But I want to end by telling everyone you know, where they can find us. I will go first. Jennifer McGurk, pursuingprivatepractice.com is where you will find all of the information about my company, Our podcast is Pursuing Private Practice. Our Instagram is at pursuing.private.practice. So if you literally Google Pursuing Private Practice, you will find all the information about us, especially Dietitian Business School, which is our signature program. Thank you so much for having me uh, here, Jennifer. This has been such a joy and super inspiring as well to listen to other dietitians doing really big and great things, not only for themselves, but for others. For those of you listening, you can find me and the work that I do at manapurecenter.co and center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E dot co. I'm also on Instagram as money mindset dietitian. That's money.mindset.dietitian. And please subscribe to the podcast. Make more money as a dietitian. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Jennifer, this has just been way too much fun. And I feel like I've got all these like new friends that I can't wait to come and hang out with in person. I think we are planning a retreat in our heads all together right now. Huh, the entrepreneur mastermind. Mm. Wow, another business idea. Anyways, um, so, and that's how the entrepreneur brain works. Um, so I think for me, uh, you guys can find me at Fearless Practitioners um, is the website or our new one, which is usenourish.com. Um, and the podcast is Fearless Practitioners. Practitioners and yeah, Instagram is just Adrian Paxosa. So come hang out, have some fun, learn, and yeah, I can't wait to meet y'all. So for Katie, you can find me online at dietitiansidehustle.com and also at katiedodd.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Dietitian Side Hustle. On Facebook, we have a wonderful community called Dietitian Side Hustle. It's a Facebook group. And then finally, you can find the Dietitian Side Hustle podcast on all of the major podcast directories. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun getting to know all of you and chatting with you guys. All right. Stephanie Claremont here from The Leverage Practice. You can find us at theleveragepractice.com, at The Leverage Practice on Instagram, and The Leverage Practice Podcast. Naming things is the most difficult thing for me. So everything is named The Leverage Practice. That's how you find 
me anywhere in the world of online. And to find me, Hannah Turnbull, you can go to my website at valuesdrivengroup.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram. My main account is at Hannah RDN, but I am going to use this podcast as accountability to start my Values Driven Group Instagram. So follow me at Values Driven Group. And then we, of course, have our podcast, Weight Inclusive Innovators, which is business information specifically for folks treating eating disorders and doing intuitive eating work. Yes. So Weight Inclusive Innovators, going to second up. This is Morgan here. And then my personal account is just at my name, at Morgan Sinclair. I am on Instagram. Uh, Morgan Sinclair Designs is my website. And you can also find the Weight Inclusive Business Academy linked through that. I will also say, and I was going to ask you guys that we were, we are going to be at Fancy this year because it's in mm. Orlando and it's also Canadian Thanksgiving. So thank you, America, because we're just going to skip Thanksgiving. We're going to be eating turkey at the beach. I got to drive like an hour and a half to the beach, don't I, from Orlando. I'm going to be eating turkey at Disneyland on Thanksgiving this year in October. So you guys, if you want to come see the craziness of TLP, we're going to, we got to lock our booth in, but we're going to be there partying. In Orlando. Oh, I will be there with you. And I with will have Adrian. Some, uh, Watch out though. Turkey. I'm coming too. We're all eating turkey. I'm going to have a turkey party on Sunday. I'll have like an event on Sunday night. It'll be Canadian Thanksgiving in Orlando with TLP. Y'all are invited. Yes. I'm going to eat one turkey. <laughs> well, before we end, I would like to say, I'm so excited that you guys are excited about getting together in person because I host retreats every quarter. And they were meant to be in person. But of course, we all know what happened a few years ago. So the retreats are coming back. So just stay tuned. That is a perfect, the perfect segue into saying, let's make sure that we have everything in the show notes. So check us out, all of our companies. I, Christine, can I check out your retreat? It's going to be amazing. So we will all put all of our information there. Yes. Thank you all I'm so, so much. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Bye, guys. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Pod. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast and add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>